This is Iron Sights After Dark. Radio check. Copy. Loud and clear. Welcome to Iron Sights. This podcast candidly seeks to create opportunities and deliver impact by sharing the experiences and wisdom of successful entrepreneurs and thought leaders who unapologetically aim to win in health, fitness, business, and life. I'm your host, Scott Howell. Welcome to Old School Meets New School. Tradition meets innovation, and imperfection meets excellence. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Iron Sights Podcast. This is the After Dark version with my good buddy, JP. What's up, dude? What up? Good to have you back here, man. Yeah, man. Love being here. Uh, we just came off a, uh, a solid weekend with range training, with gym training this week. Sort of been seeing a lot of you this week. It's been good to have you back and around, man. Yeah. Like being here at the gym, and I'm always having a good time at the range. So, yeah. Trying to blend the two. It was a good time, man. We had somehow we got great weather after really poor weather. It was mm-hmm. a little chilly out there, but it was all, it's always good to get be out with the boys and and girls for that matter. But it seemed like it was all dudes this time mm-hmm. and uh, and running around and uh, learning new skills, sharing some knowledge, and um, just building community. God, that was. I mean, there was every time we go out, there's a few new guys, you know, coming out that are that are get, we're getting intro to, and they're all bringing their own knowledge and their own wisdom from their backgrounds. There's a bunch of corrections guys out there. Mm-hmm. This last time that was no, fun. dude. A couple of private security guys. For me, it was, was really cool. cool because um some of the guys that were from like working like law enforcement and like the jail scenery, uh-huh. prison scenery. Uh it was really cool because one of them I've trained with a handful of times and uh he showed up. So that was really cool. But then to see like the people he brought, they needed the training. Mm. Like for sure they needed the training. Yep. But they were really open minded. So that was extremely cool. Like overall it was like a great experience for me. And then like to see the airsofters that showed up. Yeah. They fucking and they were killing it. They were up. killing it, man. Yeah, Dude. It was great. They were like ripping everything apart. Like, okay, so how am I supposed to do this? Okay, cool, break it down. And then just applying it. Like, yeah, maybe they could have learned a little bit um in terms of like the physical fitness aspect right maybe they took something back from that because they were kind of gassed after some of the drills yeah. but i mean like in terms of putting it together in their head and muzzle down range it was it was good oh i mean they were they were doing great i mean they were super accurate they were ting and steel the whole time there's no doubt about that i mean they could shoot it was just kind of yeah like you said mm-hmm. it's putting it all together and kind of having that awareness of oh my heart rate's up and mm-hmm. that feels different and i mean it was a little we were starting and stopping and it was kind of at some points the, the ground was a little slick and you were getting, yeah. weren't getting great feedback from it, but it was all very, very good. The, the, I guess the point of that is, is the, the airsoft guys, that's the second time I've been out where they've showed up and it's like, mm-hmm. okay, these guys, these guys got it together. And, and um, the best part about it is, is everybody's kind of just welcoming them in and, and they, they didn't seem or feel out of place. I don't think no, on their end, not at all. So when they yeah. told me their background, I was like, "Oh, interesting." And then when I seen him shoot, I'm like, "Yeah, it makes sense." Very yeah. analytical yeah. Uh, mechanics were all really good. It's like their approach to it was different. And then like one of my law enforcement buddies, like he pretty much shot the same whether we were doing the cold start or that or just running and gunning. He was like consistent across the board. 
I've also done like some boxing and weightlifting with him before. So he also stays like in solid shape. He's pretty, pretty fit. Yeah. So like what was cool about that, him being law enforcement is that he was the same guy the whole time. He was consistent, even though he took something away from it and he learned. Mm. We also got like the same consistency across the board from him. So I thought that was good considering his profession. Right. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, we've all had, everybody's got varying backgrounds, but I think the, the point of this conversation is it's interesting to show up and get, such diversity, mm-hmm. um, but such focus and continuity by the end and everybody kind of putting the pieces together, <clears throat> having fun out there, challenging one another. It's a good time. It's and who really doesn't like getting muddy on the range? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely that. I definitely surprised I'll, people with that. I walked in the door and the lady looks at me and she goes, what in the? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're, we're shooting we're, guns. We're just out playing in the mud. It was fun. It was a good time. That's funny. Yeah. But it it, it, uh, it it was very realistic in the sense that you never know a terrain that you need to be prepared for mm-hmm. um, or, or what environment you might need to be prepared for. So I did enjoy that that aspect of it. I mean, we had, we had clear weather, but we had wet ground, and you had to accommodate for that. Yeah. And uh, you don't always get the luxury of standing up and shooting on a, a nice dry range or, or mm-hmm. whatever if, if sh- the shit hits the fan or if you're caught in a situation that you can't necessarily control the environment in. So I think it was great, man. Um I definitely, I mean, obviously you see me rearrange the cones to skip like the mud pile. But uh, at first I was like, all right, let's embrace this. You know what I mean? And then after a couple of slips, I was like, all right, let's, let's kind of shift around this. I think we got the point here. Yeah, but for sure. I, I definitely think that uh, it's good to do that, dude. You have to be exposed to shit like that. Yeah. Whether it's gravel or slippery mud or slick floors or whatever it is yeah it is in a controlled environment like that where you are being safe and everybody has safety at front of mind mm-hmm. um it's good to train there it's good to be challenged there and push the push the envelope a little bit uh well again within the bounds of safety and with mm-hmm. what's smart and everybody respected that and and uh that turned out to be a really great day i and i think the term there is just being prepared right i mean that mm-hmm. the overall kind of um I guess theme of the day was you need to prepare, you need to train in the, you know, yeah. with the expectation or with the equipment in an environment that you might be faced with. And yeah, like my, you know. my whole goal with that, with the mindset of that whole day was like self-defense preparedness. Like I don't want to like put it in a box, but like I don't do firearms training for like competition, even though that is fun. And we do have competition amongst each other. Uh, yeah, every time you see me on the range, it's always like preparedness, self-defense, that that mm-hmm. type of thing. Yeah, is the the whole the whole concept of preparedness? I mean, it's a uh, this last weekend with some crazy business that happened. I mean, over the New Year's weekend with the fires that happened in Colorado, um, that just wiped out houses within a matter of minutes with the winds that that picked up there, and then was happening in Virginia, specific to the snow and ice storm where the people were being they were stuck for days on, yeah, like backed up, like hundreds of people stuck on the freeway for days in sub freezing temperatures. Um, and again, so that that's this term or this, 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 uh, concept of being prepared for anything is in the, in the preparedness community, you know, which has heavily, you know, kind of has a heavy kind of firearms friendly, you know, influence there. There's been a lot of posting. There's been a lot of talk, a lot of crosstalk going back and forth where, hey, hey if you were out there, would you be prepared for this? Mm-hmm. You know, if you got stuck on the freeway with your family, with your wife and two kids or whatever, you know, in the in the car for two days, would you be would you be ready for this? Like, what does that even mean? Mm-hmm. 
you know, <laughs> or if you, if you were in Colorado, God forbid, one of these, one of these neighborhoods where this fire comes ripping through in a matter of, it, it happened in minutes. I mean, these people were completely caught off guard and the weather turned on them. And it, and we saw this happen here in Santa Cruz a last a couple of years ago with the CZU yeah, fires. Yeah. And, you know, every year you, you kind of see this stuff. Are you ready for this shit? Like, yeah. and what does that mean? What is being prepared? What does it mean? Ready. Well, I'll tell you what, what I mean. in terms of that scenario, was it on the highway? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think about preparedness, obviously, but I, I wouldn't call myself like this super well planned out prepper by any means. Right. Uh, but if today me in my Jeep, if that happened to me, I have a bag strapped to the back of my, my passenger seat. That bag has, uh, I think it's like an urban medical, mm-hmm. uh, med kit, a couple tourniquets, um, backup knife and flashlight. And I have a case of water always in my car. I have a box of RX bars always in my car and they don't stay in like one brand new box. Like I'll have like a Costco box and right. I'll run through it and as when it gets back down to like, you know, a few left and I'll like re- replenish it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I always keep like a towel and like maybe like a quilt or something like that. Cause you can use that at the range, right? Mm-hmm. Always keep that in the trunk. And, um, yeah, I'm pretty sure, like, in terms of preparedness, that and my day bag, I have a little man purse that's <laughs> got, like, a body panel in it. Uh, I carry my G19, again, a tourniquet, knife, light, a few magazines. So that's what would have been my situation if I was caught there. Yeah, I think that, I mean, you, you start going down to kind of, like, the basic essentials. What do you need? You need, you need food. Mm-hmm. You need fire or warmth, right? Mm-hmm. You need shelter, right? In this case, you got your car or, or whatever else. Um, water, if I didn't mention that already. And you need some means to um, protect, defend yourself, mm. or potentially hunt if that's if you're out there for a long period of time or whatever. It seems like you got all the things kind of stacked up. I mean, I, that that's just being prepared for kind of anything. And that doesn't take a lot of time to do. Yeah. It's something you can put some thought into, but and God forbid you should be caught in that situation, but putting a little thought into it before you get actually caught out there in a situation where you're like, Oh shit. Yeah. Like I'm not ready. Um, and you also mentioned the first aid pieces, mm-hmm. you know, it's super important. I think and that could just be driving down the road and running up on a car accident or something like that and being yeah, prepared to definitely to serve and, and like help a, out. some but, sort of trauma kit yeah. is always good to have on you. Yeah. So you're just covering the basic stuff and I, you know, people are like, what does this prepared preparedness thing mean? Like, what does it, what does it mean? Are you one of those like super preppers waiting for the end of the world or, you know, uh, where you've got, you know, three years worth of food stored in your garage and, and all that stuff. Look, I think, I think being prepared means different things to different people. Um, but in these, in the context of what we just kind of talked about with what's, what's going on, I think it's just being, being ready and being confident that if something should happen, some type of catastrophe should happen, I'm not going to lose my mind or panic when it happens. Cause I've sort of thought through it ahead of time and you know I've got some stuff on board to help me get through stuff it. I just mentioned in my car, I don't feel like that's like asking a lot, a $50 flashlight. $20 backup flashlight in the car, which is from like Costco. Everybody has access to that case of water, case of protein bars. It's easy, right? It's easy. Super it's easy. Inexpensive. And, and it's not crazy. I mean, we yeah. just, you know, people, oh, that's, you know, you're, you're, you're stretching there, man. Like, come on. What, the zombie apocalypse. No, 
I'm talking about what we just saw happen last in the last week, like yeah. those kinds of things, they happen all the time. And again, we've, we could talk about the ones that happen just here locally as of late, like crazy weather, flooding, some storms that caught people off guard. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you're just putting a little bit of extra thought into, well, I don't want to be that guy. Here's the other piece of that too, in terms of being prepared. I mean, you're talking about your car, your stuff, your bag, but what are you, what, what are you, you're, you, are you prepared to, to uh, accommodate your family, right? Your spouse, your partner or whatever else that's in there who, who may be along for the ride. What are you, what are you providing for your community, whether it's your family community that's yeah. just inside the car or the people around you or what, what are you going to contribute or are you going to be that guy that is stuck in the middle of nowhere with your thumb in your butt, wondering yeah. what the heck's going to happen and depending on somebody else to come to come rescue you, pull you out of that situation. Yeah, I mean, it's, like I said, man, this type of thing, I, just, I don't think it takes a whole lot. I think if you value a firearm, that would be the most expensive thing. But, you know, there's like $100 here, $50 here. Before you know it, your car is like good to go. In terms of your house, having a couple months worth of water, everybody knows that's not that expensive. Canned foods, they last a few years. Whatever you spend $100 on canned foods, that lasts you a month mm -hmm. yearly. Mm -hmm. If we're talking about the numbers here, it's not that bad. In-N-Out Burger is like one of the best values you can have for like eating a well-rounded meal that tastes good, that's relatively fresh. That's like a 10 to $15 meal for somebody in one day. And we're talking about do that over the course of a week versus $100 in canned foods for the year. Right. I was wondering where you're going with that. Yeah. My, 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 my point, my point is, is just like, <laughs> dude, people are willing to just like shit money away on dumb shit like alcohol on weekends at dinner, whatever it is. You know what I mean? Me, I like having a rain energy drink every day, which ends up being $2 a day. And what's the math on that? You know what I mean? $100 in canned goods a year to replenish that. It's like not that much, whether it's your house or your car. You don't have to be an expert at this stuff either. Dude, right? You're a human. You got to eat. What would yeah. you, what would you, what would you eat? Yeah, throw some meat and vegetables in there. And, and how would you do it? You know, in case you didn't have power. I mean, like if we go back to last year, remember in Texas, Texas yeah. freaking froze over. Yeah, and, like, I'm not glad that that happened, but I'm glad that we had an example of why today in current climate, it's important to have backup yep. in in your house, in your car, whatever. Um, uh, Chris, he said he knew somebody who has a good amount of money that was living pretty well off in Texas during that time period. Mm -hmm. Like, no power, no water. And then realized right away, oh shit, I probably need a gun and some water and some canned foods after living a month in what seemed to be the good life until right. that. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, these things, these things prepare you. And fortunately, you know, there's not a lot of death that's associated with these, these recent two things. There were some, but it was minimized for whatever the reasons were. But it's unfortunate that, that it has to happen to wake people up. But at the same time, yeah, you take the positive out of it as like, hey, listen, this is, look at this. Look at this yeah. as a lesson and and don't bury your head in the sand and and think that it can't happen to you because it happens every, everywhere, everywhere, every day Seasonally. at some level. Seasonally. Yeah. And you just don't want to be, you don't want to be caught off guard. So, I mean, that's what being prepared is. So, there's, I mean, mm -hmm. there's all these kinds of things that could go into being prepared. And, you know, for you and I, you know, the one thing that I always come back to, and, and everybody can relate to this one. I mean, 
if you're going, well, I don't live in an area where I need to worry about fires. I don't live in an area where I need to worry, worry about flooding. I don't live in an area where I need to worry about earthquakes or power outages or freezing or anything like that. Okay. Well, do you live in an area where you may need to worry about um, your body being able to fight off infection like a virus? Mm-hmm. Um, are you physically prepared to uh-huh. deal with whatever may be thrown at you? Yeah. Um, and so physical fitness or physical preparedness with regard to the to the body, I mean, your human body. I mean, we, we, we talked about physical preparedness maybe of your vehicle in case you get you get uh, caught in one of these situations, mm-hmm. unfortunately. But I'm talking about physical preparedness with it from with regard to strength, right? Mm-hmm. Immunity, resiliency, uh, mental, you know, preparedness within those things. Like, do you know what it feels like to be really stressed out and be really mm-hmm. be, be under a high level of duress while having to physically output to get to the finish line or potentially survive? You know, a dangerous, <clears throat> dangerous situation. Um, I think that physical preparedness thing is something that is, you know, just as automatic for you and I, given our sort of career paths in the fitness industry and helping so many people try to yeah, realize I mean, and confront it. I think for you and me specifically, that's like super easy to understand. Um, but I mean, for everybody else, it's like, it's really simple. Uh, I know that with like my brand, I'm always trying to push uh physical preparedness and just overall like a general health and fitness like living a healthy lifestyle it's not just because hey guys i do this be like me it's because things like what we have going on in the world right now where we're getting tested for things all the time on a regular basis we're we're wearing masks everybody's doing it except it could be eating healthy it could be working out this doesn't mean pr on your bench or your deadlift this doesn't mean running a mile every single day for record time. And this doesn't mean, you know, only eating clean meat and vegetables every day. This just means like building the blocks towards a healthier lifestyle so that there is some form of preparedness every day, just inching closer towards it so that you're not like me. I'm not at all worried about whatever virus is going on right now. At all. (laughs) Like at all. Like I, I actually chuckle when people like, like chase me down today in Whole Foods, like to wear a mask, like chase me down. I chuckle. I do it because, you know, I just don't want to deal with the problems, you know, with arguing at a store. But it's not like a laughing matter if somebody's like gotten really sick off of the virus. But from my experience, things like this have only been negatively affecting the people who were not prepared to get sick, who weren't in good, healthy shape before this. Uh, I actually had like a death in the family because of this, but guess what? That person was a hundred pounds overweight and diabetic. Right. And so like with things like this happening, you're, you're just thinking in your head, like, okay, this could be scary or I don't know. It's been two years since this specific topic has been talked about. And, uh, you know, my parents gained weight. I'll tell you right now that I don't let them live that down because I'm like, you guys are wearing masks and all this kind of shit and uh, you're eating cake. You know what I mean? And when I get a chance, there's a Whole Foods down the street. So guess what I did? I didn't even think about anything else, anywhere else I could go eat. I just knew that's where I should be is discipline because health. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Because viruses. It's it's fucking (laughs) simple, dude. You know? I know. It's it. 
were sort of chuckling about it and laughing about it. And again, I think it's easy for us to do, and people would sort of expect that at some level. Again, coaches, fitness industry, judgments, pointing fingers. Oh, it won't happen to me. I think what it really boils down to, you know, going back to the preparedness, physical preparedness, health, chuckling, you know, about mm-hmm. you know uh, this being chased down in the store. It's that we've we we always taken pride in taking personal responsibility for our health and our decision making, and part of that is understanding the benefit or the the consequence or the however you want to look at it of the actions you take to take better care of yourself and so when you hear somebody trying to maybe push something down your throat well you need to take this this medicine or you need to do things this way we're generally a little bit more resistant to well hold on a second i know a few things because i know a few things yeah and or you know i've whatever the whatever the the insurance company commercials are like we've seen a few we know a few things because we've seen a few things kind of Mm -hmm. thing kind of kind of statement but it's also like no well you know like i'm not an idiot um first off i know myself and most importantly right like and and i know i know what kind of condition i am i know what i put in my body i'm aware of that does that mean i'm perfect absolutely not right absolutely not not saying that does that mean i i don't get sick from time to time absolutely not does that mean i'm immune to uh you know whatever happened, whatever the new variant is, absolutely not. In fact, I expect to get it. I want to get it, yeah. right? So I don't have to, allegedly don't have to worry about it anymore, mm-hmm. right? Like, let's let's get sick. Let's get through this just like I've I've done everything else. If I have an injury, we rehab it. We assess, we assess, we, 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 we form a plan to be better, mm-hmm. right? We get better, we move on so that we're ready for the, for the next time or avoid mm-hmm. that injury the next time or avoid that illness the next time. So there's basically like this level of general physical preparedness that uh, we kind of live, right, all of the time and guarding against, not actively waking up every day, got to go to the gym today so I don't get sick today. Yeah. No, it's a byproduct of of that. I got to go to the gym today. I got to get my workout in today because, A, I know it makes me a healthier, happier person. Yeah. And I'm just trying to have a good quality of life. Yeah, I mean, in terms of physical preparedness, um you would think this is like a really straightforward and a clear cut subject. Like everybody wakes up and like, okay, got to do something to stay active. Got to do something, got to lift something, got to get the heart rate up just a little bit. You would think this is really straightforward considering the benefits. Uh, I don't really know how else to say it, but like majority of people are probably just, they don't value it and they're, they're probably just <clears throat> lazy. Well, there's part of that. It's also how we, how the fitness industry in general, or how society has has basically labeled fitness as fitness is bodybuilding, right? Fitness is running a marathon. Fitness is CrossFit. Mm-hmm. Fitness is abs. It's just all these fucking things that have been labeled, and, yeah. and 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 that's hard for people to associate with because none of those things necessarily mean fitness. It does. That's L- not what literally, dude. Mean. Like. I'll do a workout where I'm doing power cleans, two plates, burpees, shit like that. And then I'll right after that message somebody who's asking me questions about fitness on Instagram. And I'd be like, dude, please just throw on a weight vest. It's Wednesday or whatever, right? Do five minutes of walking up your stairs and burpees, not even jumping. Just lay down, stand up. It's all relative. Just five minutes. It's all relative. And like that alone makes me feel good that like, 
that person did that because I promise you that person that's doing something as minimal as that is in much better shape than the person who hasn't lifted a weight or tried running in a month or more, right? And like the things that come with that, like we're talking about just in terms of the times that we're in, maybe you're not scared of getting sick. Maybe you want to get sick so you can just get past it, get strong, build immunity and move on with your life. Um, or like I was just talking to our, our buddy that you know shoots with us today that ended up training with us. Uh, a lot comes with that confidence, right? Mm-hmm. And confidence, not just cause you want to fucking get bitches. <laughs> no, I, confidence, I get it. it's different things for different people. It's just yeah. confidence is just good, man. People who are less confident and who are insecure because of like the shape of their body or they feel like, you know, they couldn't beat somebody up or something like that because they're smaller or whatever it is. Like more confident people are usually happier, easier to deal with. Some of the most dangerous people I've ever met in my life are so easygoing, mm. chill, cucumber. And I'm just thinking in my head, this guy could whoop my fucking ass yeah. and outshoot me. Right. And this guy is just the chillest dude I know. Mm-hmm. They you know don't what talk I mean? about it. Yeah. And that comes with, with being confident in yourself being prepared being prepared mm-hmm. like just spending the time man you don't even have to be masters of anything you can just 30 minutes a day in the gym four days a week goes a long you, way yeah and then in terms of eating good like yeah dude you have your family dinner once or twice a week on weekends that's cool dude live your life have balance but also monday through friday if you work monday through friday like me dial it in just make sure you have some structure and meal prep happening mm-hmm. maybe not like baking meals but i have like rx bars in my car like i said just in case, i go to right? fucking whole foods and i get like whatever meat i need some vegetables and all this stuff goes such a long way it makes people easier to deal with with each other you know what i mean makes you happier and simply from being happier i'm sure that that mental state that you're in is just going to make you even healthier because you're not thinking negatively you're not down and out you're probably sleeping better now because you're using your energy not only mentally but physically just across the board dude i I mean the you're tying in the physical fitness or the physical preparedness piece um and that fitness just being beyond like what you can do physically in terms of lifting a weight or moving your body or whatever it brings that confidence but it brings like there's an so there's a psychological fitness that comes along with it there's a mental fitness that comes along with it psychological mental emotional fitness that comes along with it you know you know how to suffer right like it's so going to the gym and you know the whole no pain no gain thing like i don't buy fully into that but i do buy into if you know how to suffer and it has been quote-unquote painful Mm -hmm. you know you know how to deal with that you, you know how to deal with it. You know how to get through to the other side and you understand what it's going to feel like once you're past this point. But if you never push yourself, right, and you don't know what that feels like, then anything that gets thrown at you that might be even somewhat painful, your your relative pain scale or threshold is so much lower. Right? No, I agree. And, and, I know that, like, just airdyne bike intervals. Yeah. When I yeah. first started really banging my head against those, like, because I knew I had to do them, like, trying to do like a ton of CrossFit training. Dude, when I first started banging my head against those, like puking was like a thing. But also like once you get past that, like once you realize like doing it so many times, I'm going to live. I just have to just sit here in the pain for a while until this is over, like whatever the structure yeah, and the, and the is. And the pain's relative, right? Your yeah. Pain. I mean like so like if if you just have to be on the bike for five minutes, you, you've done it 
a handful of times, you know you're going to survive. You just actually have to get through the pain. You're not going to hurt yourself physically. It's just surviving it. Once you get past that mentally, dude, like you gain this confidence and also an understanding of like what has to happen for growth. How much more a lot can of you, other things? Yeah. How much more can you tap into once you've reached that point? Like you yeah. realize, like I thought my threshold was at my twenty. Was what I realized is my threshold or my tolerance was I was only reaching my twenty percent. Yeah. Like there's this whole other 80% that's untapped like ability that I have, or maybe that's even the ability to suffer longer, you know, whatever it is, you, you, you're training your body, you're training your mind, you're training your emotional state to be able to deal with stuff and deal with stressful situations. Um, it builds confidence and understanding that while this might be uncomfortable, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. Right. Or God, that was really scary, but I know I'm going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And I, I it, it, I think it begs the question, like if we lived in a more fit, more mentally, physically, emotionally fit United States of America, what kind of country would this be right now? Right. Versus yeah. what it is right now. And I love my country. I, I love, I love the United States of America. Yeah. I love what it insane. stands for. I love, I love what it's built on. I know but, we're, we're, but not, we're fucking we're not unhealthy, it, but we're trying to, we are, out, we right? are unhealthy as hell right now at a lot of different levels. And it doesn't have to be that way. People need to take personal responsibility for being, you know, I think starting with the things that they can control, which are what you fucking put in your this mouth. This is your body. And this like, is your body. Yeah. And it's so not hard to do 30 minutes. I tell people all the time, look, I know this sounds extreme, but if it takes me seven minutes to do a hundred burpees and I'm not even in my best shape or whatever, dude, like who hurts themselves doing burpees? Like whatever. Even if it's like 50 burpees, modify the burpee. that does so <laughs> much and not even jumping <laughs> lay down, modify stand the up, burpee, lay down, stand uh, up, do it on a bench. So many fucking benefits to doing something as simple as that. You, everybody's got five to 10 minutes throughout their day. You yeah. just have to fucking make time. Yeah. There's a lot of excuses and there's a lot of just not uh, just poor mental fitness, I think, and emotional fitness and, yeah. and, and taking control or taking personal responsibility for that. And it's also the comparison of, there's a, there's a that comparison game that I think, well, if I have to do what this other person's doing, no, it's all relative to you. Mm-hmm. So whatever you want to do for your five to 10 minutes, do it, but don't tell me you don't have time. Don't tell me you don't have the energy and don't make, don't give me those, those excuses. I don't want to hear that. Dude, everybody's at a different yeah. place. And like, uh, the workout I did earlier with one of our range buddies, uh, I would personally consider that like a warm up, but everything that he did I seen it on him and I seen him working through the motions and the patterns and what the sweat looked like, what his face looked like, 10 minutes of 30 seconds on, 30 seconds off on the airdyne. Man, I felt really good that he got like a great workout, like well-rounded. I felt really good after that for him when I basically just ran him through it, which would have been pretty much a warm-up for me. It's all relative and that's not to like brag or anything close to that. That's actually just me saying that like an hour spent him investing in his future, like I promise you, like, he's going to feel better tomorrow about himself when we hit the range and we run around a bit. Right, right. Right? Yeah, I think it's important to acknowledge that, again, it isn't a one-size-fits-all. No, not and at all. It, and that a lot of times that's the way fitness, the, the term fitness or physical mm-hmm. preparedness is sold, that, you know, you, you have to buy this program, right, and this workout structure, or you have to do it this way, whether that's, you know, CrossFit, whether it's yoga, whether it's – in anything in between, I mean, those mm-hmm. are two pretty, you know, extreme ends of the spectrum there. But people, people think they have to buy into something, and I see kind of within for those people that are taking, 
you know, a little bit more responsibility for being prepared in all situations and for anything that life might throw at them, right? Anything, right? Whether it be, um, it's funny. I mean, you, you were talking about your, your trip down to, to Whole Foods today and I swear to God the the, the train must've dropped off the, the, the train load of meth heads that came down from, from San Francisco mm-hmm. today because it was like, looked like the zombie apocalypse out there in downtown San Jose today. Yep. It's, it's so unnerving for me because this is my neighborhood. I live here, I work here and, it's just changed so much. My point of that being is I can't go a week here without somebody coming in the gym, you know, that we've got to, you know, ask politely to leave or mm-hmm. a CASA member or a CASA, you know, an employee or, or something. And generally it's just verbal, right? But you never fucking know. You, yeah. What do these people have to lose? They got nothing to lose. Man. And and honestly, from what I've gathered, um, if you're in that situation where you're you're homeless in downtown San Jose, uh, just saying you're you're probably on some sort of drugs or something like that, or but, not on the drugs you're supposed to be. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, something's going on. That's that. Either way, I I don't feel comfortable that I'm even having an interaction with you that I didn't yeah. invite. Look, and by the way, I'm 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 compassionate for them and to a point, right up until it starts impacting my business my livelihood or, the, or my safety or those of the people that i care about which would obviously yeah. be my community members here so i guess the you know kind of the point i was i was getting to then is um whatever life kind of throws at you and i've unfortunately had those situations here in my neighborhood where you've got to maybe get out of the way real fast or, or move real quick and i've also watched people be get caught in these situations and be completely off guard and be totally helpless, completely helpless physically, mentally, emotionally. And they just, they freeze, they drop, they get beat up, right? They get cornered. They're traumatized, mm-hmm. right? In, in one way or another. And it doesn't have to be like that. And right? I'm not saying you have to go train BJJ for 10 years to get a black belt so that you can do that. I think that's overconfidence. If you think yeah. that that's, that's the one thing, but it all starts with this physical preparedness, right? And you yeah, able to handle yourself. That goes a, a long way. Yeah. And like, I know that you and me have talked about this before, but I always tell people like, yeah, dude, I fucking love shooting guns. I love fucking, I've been learning how to get into fighting sports and stuff like that this year. And, uh, I love all that stuff, um, of lifting weights, but ultimately I'd say the most important assets are your fucking mindset and being able to run away. Mm-hmm. That's the best fight you'll ever get into is the one you don't have to be in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, unless this is like some fucking red coats are coming, knocking on your door type shit, like yeah. we can probably all run away. Yeah. And even if I like, I'm confident that I can like whoop somebody's ass or out shoot them with my concealed carry or whatever. Like, do you even want the legal issues? No, no you don't. You know what I mean? So like, particularly not in this state, use your head mm-hmm. and just get out of there. Yeah. Yeah, but you have to have the ability to do it. Yeah. And it's being sold, like I said, in, in many, many different ways. You know, people have to people have to find the right thing for them to to help them prepare for all of this stuff. And it can be very confusing. I mean, it, it, and unfortunately, I think within our community of people, sometimes the ego gets in the way a little bit um, or a lot or maybe mm-hmm. even too much. And they're reaching for... Well, I've got to be like the biggest badass I follow on Instagram or whatever, who's the ex operator, Navy SEAL, Green Beret, you know, 10th degree black belt in jujitsu, you know, 
firearms expert, all that stuff, which is totally unrealistic. I mean, that's that's not who we're training with. That's not yeah. that's not that's not Joe Citizen. That's not the the person that's got the family that's and driving even down if the we are training with them. What I've found when I do train with people of that caliber is that they're training to be more like civilians. They're training to like be in a hoodie, be concealed, care about their family. Mm-hmm. What does that sound like? This is like you and me. Yeah, it's it's again Joe Citizen. Yeah, and and his family, yeah. right, or, or her family for, for that matter. Yeah, so like the the what where do you start with this this physical preparedness? I mean, you just kind of said just move. You need to move more, you know. As mm-hmm. a, but I, I it it's not it doesn't need to be something extreme. I mean, what do people need to be physically prepared? You know, what are we really talking about here? I yeah, mean, I mean, some basics, right? Some basic components. Yeah, well, obviously crawl before you walk, but like start walking. Once walking is is too easy, twenty minutes to an hour, then we start jogging. And if you're not at that place yet where you can start jogging, go on a Concept 2 bike, which you have here, an Aerodyne bike, which you have here, low impact on the joints, start doing some intervals, 5 to 10 minutes, 30 seconds on, 30 seconds off, 20 seconds on, 40 seconds off, things like that, that you're going to survive. No one ever hurt themselves riding a bike, like especially one that doesn't leave one spot. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Get that heart rate up a little bit. Well, if or if they did, it's because they're, they're trying to do too much, right? They're trying yeah. To, and it, it's probably possible. I've personally never seen it done. Um, I'm telling you, I've seen so many people puke on airdyne well, bikes, dude, that. and I've, yeah. I've never seen somebody just get outright injured. Yeah. get injured. Well, I think what, what I hear you saying there is it's about building capacity. People need to understand yeah. what that is. Like, what is building capacity? Building capacity is building up your body's resiliency to doing work, like getting mm-hmm. some work done. And that's a very basic concept. People want to overcomplicate it all the time. You know, it's like, well, I need to be able to lift this much weight. I need to be able to do, you know, I deadlift this, squat that, bench press this, do this many pull-ups. And they're trying to set these, they have these preconceived standards of what they, they need to do, but they don't have the basics, which are first thing you need to do is start building your capacity to yeah, do dude. work, which means you have to do work, right? The only way to get better at doing that or build that capacity is to actually do work and do it and you need to do it appropriately, but it's capacity being the, you, you just kind of mentioned it. You're talking about some muscular endurance, right? Mm-hmm. Some cardiovascular endurance and a certain amount of strength. That's how you get moving first. That stuff. And I know this is going to sound funny, but everybody needs a little bit of yoga. <laughs> that, that helps with stabilization. That helps. That actually helps with the foundation of strength, depending on where you come from. Right now, that's not going to help me get stronger because I lift weights weekly but and do body weight stuff. But anybody who's going from like the couch to just anything, walking, building that capacity, maybe doing some yoga, maybe doing some fucking farmer's carries with some milk jugs. Yeah, it's it, something basic. I, yeah. I laughed about the yoga thing, but I only laughed because the, the most fit, best I've ever felt in my entire life when I was, I was in yoga three days a week. Mm-hmm. And I was also... So when I was training multi-sport, triathlon, adventure racing, a lot of hours in the saddle, a lot yeah, of hours running, when swimming. And it, I always made time for the yoga. And mm-hmm. it was like, it was the best time of the week. It was like a, first off, it was as much for my mind as it was for my body. Right. Mm-hmm. And it took me out of training over or over training. Like, it, yeah. I made that time so I wasn't out doing something that was taking away from my fitness or my capacity, which, again, um, I think, you know, there's such a thing as overtraining. 
Definitely. being underrested in the and the the yoga kind of kept me straight. Uh, but it also is good for, with my flexibility and mobility. Yeah, it's good for everybody. A lot of people who need rehab, they'll start with something like yoga and resistance bands because it's just super effective. And if you get good at yoga um, in like a spiritual way, it's very good mentally. Uh, I'm sitting here talking about yoga and praising it, but I do it like once a week. I need to do it more. I know this, but my point is that there's places where everybody can start. Um and like nobody should have an excuse. It starts off with discipline. Once you figure out this is what I'm doing 30 minutes a day for the rest of my life. There's so many ways to get through it with stuff at home. And look, or you can join this gym, right? right? And you have everything here. Yeah. So, I mean, there's diff- there's different outlets. It's like, where do you go for this? I want to build my capacity. I want to build my strength. I want to build my muscular endurance and all of these things. I want to look like this guy. I want to be able to operate like this person. I want to move like that. Let's take it one step at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously there's a lot of choices. And I, I tend to see that the community that we're, we're within tends to drift or lean towards the more extreme. When I say extreme, I just mean the more intense or <clears throat> what they think they should be doing type of workout program, which oftentimes is way more more than they can handle they should be doing right now right Mm -hmm. it's like well if i'm tough or if i want to show that i'm tough or if i want to be as tough as that guy i need to do what that guy's doing which is this workout over here right and it it tends to be very if i'm being honest very heavy with what you would see like in a military or paramilitary type of physical fitness training scenario like what what i mean by that is it's like it's very very military military or like law enforcement kind of uh i guess that's what the foundations are kind of rooted in and i would argue that a lot of that stuff is like if that stuff why is everybody getting hurt doing that like you know like there's a there's a there's a ton ton of bad stuff there but you're not a law enforcement officer and maybe you were in the military but that was 20 years ago dude so yeah. don't try it. You're jumping from the frying pan into the fire here. Like, how do you, so if how do you assess your current level of fitness to know where to, where to start? And it's because it's not jumping right into that. So if we're like talking about people in the two A community who are looking for fitness programs and they're probably like, well, I shoot guns, I airsoft, or I want to shoot guns and be an operator. What are they going to do? They're going to look at like Navy SEAL workouts, right? They're all over the place. And, no um, shortage of those. If I could guess, I think every Navy SEAL has a, a laundry list of injuries. All of them. Right? And and you and me have injuries from CrossFit. And yeah, yeah, but they'll tell you they like received that. those during, uh, many of them during the training that they had to go through to become SEAL. This wasn't, these, yeah. weren't, th- these weren't injuries necessarily injuries sustained while no. in combat or on deployment. Yeah, and I, I think that just like anything, people are buying into, oh, man, this is what operators do when they're operators, right? Uh, when realistically, uh, some of those popular, you know, Navy SEALs, operators, Green Berets, whatever, nowadays almost do nothing in kit, almost do nothing with the weight vest, almost do nothing with sandbags, unless they're selling you something. and um, most of them are doing a lot of resistance bands a lot of moderate load weightlifting not prs and they're throwing in some sort of cardio Mm -hmm. some sort of you know a little bit of endurance here and there trying to keep the engine up the up the speed yeah this is what i see from all the biggest names even the people who like they prioritize fitness as one of their their 
you know, highest priorities in their company, in their brand. Like there's Stairmasters, treadmills, bikes, rowers. There is not kit unless they're actually going on a ruck. Right. Right. And when you get good at going on rucks, you also get good at having knee pain. Right. And so I know I joke about this, but I know like the whole recce rifle thing, everybody wants to do these like hikes, these long distance hikes, distance hikes in kit. And yeah, I do too. I want to experience that maybe once every few months. Right. Cause I like my body and I like it being healthy. And so if that's the case, that's why we have things like airdyne bikes and rowers and skis so that you can keep your conditioning up to par uh, with low impact movement, right? That keeps you in one piece. Um, but again, I think people, they gravitate towards like the flashy military looking workouts. But what do you get out of that? Most of the time people selling that are like 145 pounds anyways, and they're flailing around on like Bullet bars. I, by the way, I'm really good at doing the flippy floppy CrossFit. Oh, whoops. are you now? Eh? But um, <laughs> with a weight vest, but you, you you won't see me doing that anymore because unless I'm coaching a CrossFit right. athlete or in an actual CrossFit competition, which I don't care to do, you're not going to see me do that because strict pull ups is a ne- is a necessity for being like an athlete, a functional athlete, being strong. Yeah, right. yeah. So you'll never see me doing, you know. Floppy butterfly pull-ups. floppy pull-ups right yeah so uh, you're, you're you're training with purpose yeah yeah exactly <laughs> right. so what what am i doing well this last weekend we did kneeling standing prone uh we went from the ground into a standing position into a running position into a lunge position well what do you think i'm gonna do probably some burpees probably some lunges probably some push-ups probably some turkish get-ups uh and i'm not gonna run my body into the ground i'm gonna do you know intervals five sets of each kind of cover everything, stay happy and healthy. And if I feel like my arms are getting small, maybe I'll throw some curls in there. Yeah. That never hurt nobody. No, no. And who doesn't want have a nice set of pipes? Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know anybody that doesn't. The, the point of what, or what I kind of took away from that was, is, I mean, that's how we sort of train regularly. That's what's in yeah. our programming. <clears throat> even if you're not out on the range shooting or even on the yeah. mat, but if you are on the range and you are on the mat and you take those things seriously or, Again, you're you're preparing for, you know, you just want to have confidence and getting off the ground, yeah. right? Those are all very very easy movements to do that everybody can do. But when I walk into the gym, mm-hmm. like when I walk into like your kind of mainstream big box gym, I do not see people doing those things. No, I see all. them sitting down. I see them lying down on benches. I see them sitting down on benches. Mm-hmm. I see them using machines to manipulate gravity. Um, and their bodies to focus very isolated on very isolated, you know, type of joint movement, um, where they're partially stabilized by a piece of equipment or, mm-hmm. or taking the need to have to stabilize out. And uh, effectively there it's, it's, it's anything but, and I hesitate with this word, but it's anything but functional meaning to me, what function means is can your, can your joints and your muscles, Right take your body through all the different planes, ranges of motion and do that to do that in an effective way where you can, you can stabilize, decelerate, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, external loads, right. And then uh, produce power, right. Or force to get yourself out of that particular situation. So yeah. when you're talking about lunging or dropping into a, to a kneeling position, can I get there quickly under control Right. And stabilize and not be, you know, rocking around and then 
jump right back out of there and move to another position and then do it again. To me, that's functional in that sense, right? And again, yeah. again not everybody's going to be doing that, but everybody should feel comfortable getting onto and off the ground. Right? Yeah. But yeah. You would think that's a baseline. Right? Well, I mean, for me, it would be. I mean, so again, if you're evaluating your evaluating your your fitness, like what exactly is it that you need to be you need to be doing? Um, we're just talking about like functional fitness, right? We're talking about preparedness. Uh, when I say functional fitness, that doesn't mean like I'm harping on CrossFit or something like that. I just mean like functionality on the range in the day to day life off the range. What do you think? What do you think like humans did before all this technology? Like, you know what I mean? Like before like heavyweights. So like, I don't know, heavyweights have their place, but I always try to tell people if you can, you can squat body weight, deadlift body weight, bench half your body weight and complete a mile, you're probably in good shape. You mean a mile run? Yeah. Complete a mile yeah. run. Yeah. That's pretty like, I don't even care what the fucking time is. Just I, complete a run. Yeah. No, I would say that's, that's a pretty good, if, fuck, if, if, United States of America did that and met that met that standard. <laughs> We've been a lot better, a lot better place. I'm not yeah. saying it's for everybody, but if you could, that is probably a good litmus test for you know, are you fit or not fit? Um, certainly, there'd be limitations for people that might prevent them from doing that. But it doesn't mean okay, well, you can't do the run because your knees are blown out from whatever. Then get on yeah. the airdyne bike, right? Like, yeah, find another thing. But I, I hear what you're saying there. But I think the main takeaway there is, as we talked about capacity. Right. And now we're talking about strength and mm -hmm. putting those things together. <laughs> and the great part about training this way, like the lunge, right? The push up, the Turkish get up, is you're training both at the same time. While building strength, you're also yeah. building capacity. You know, while build, building muscular endurance, you're also building some level of, of cardiovascular endurance if you're, depending on how you're applying the, the programming in a, specific to rest times and durations and things like that, you're probably going to get into that. But you're, you, you, you don't, we're not talking about bench presses and, you know, maximally loaded barbell squats. Well, those are great exercises for to get a certain training effect, right? And th they're included in my programming, right, at, at some level. Mm. It's not the basis for my programming. Yet this is what I see when I walk into most, most gyms. And then how that translates out to the environment that you've been describing, like what mm. we saw last weekend, that's the interesting part. Because when we went out there, there's a lot of guys out there that look great with their clothes on, right? You know, yeah. and probably with their clothes off, you know, they, they bench, they bench, they squat. But now we're asking them to move around, get up off the ground mm -hmm. and drop into a lunge and then change positions and move from lying, you know, prone to standing very, very quickly. And you quickly find out how valuable that bench press or that, you know, max loaded barbell squat actually is because mm -hmm. it's not in that environment, right? I, they may be very strong, but they're not mobile, right? Uh, th they have very little flexibility, right? Mobility, flexibility being two different things, right? Mobility being your, your body's ability to control the full range of motion around a joint versus flexibility meaning the 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 the, mo the flexibility or the range of motion that you have around the joint. There's one thing of, to have it. There's another thing to be able to control it, mm -hmm. right? And it's very clear that they don't have that. Um, and they lack the ability to dynamically stabilize their bodies in these dynamic environments, whether it's running, lying, sitting, moving laterally, all these things, you start to throw these stressors at the body and you start to kind of see how incapable they are of, of doing these things. And, and I, I sit back and I 
sort of like you did earlier, maybe chuckle a little bit about it going, yeah, well, that's what I expected to see. Mm -hmm. You know, I really didn't expect to see anything else because you don't train in any other way. And you've picked a program that's inappropriate for your, in in this case, there's some law enforcement guys out there, right? And they don't move very well. Like it, the the corrections guys, they're working Mm -hmm. in the, that's a job where I want to think I want to be able to move pretty fucking yeah. well, pretty fucking fast. Yeah. Like, cause you never know, like that is a, that is a high risk environment and running in a straight line going forward. That's a, if, okay. So you can do that, but that, I, I don't see that as being probably an activity you're going to be doing very much. I would think it's going to be, you, you get a, can you get into a scramble yeah. and come out the other end of that on the, on the winning end of that versus, versus not anyways, my, my, I digress getting into it. What I saw was, you know, guys that look good with clothes on, they got a great set of pipes, right? Big chest, you know, big wide t- V taper or whatever. And they can't move for shit. Yeah. Um, and I think that presents problems if you're trying to be prepared for, for, for things that yeah. could, you could be, you could be faced with on a daily basis or random or at random. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like, where's your time best spent? But again, it's goals. I mean, I think social media lets us know how much we value aesthetics based off of value uh, follower counts on right. certain pages. But uh, if we're just talking about our space, just general health and fitness in terms of being prepared, uh, wanting to get into like the, the tactical type movement or just like I said, being ready for walking outside the door. There happens to be a dozen zombies outside, not actual zombies, but, you know, they might as well be homeless people that are probably on drugs by the way they talk. Uh, you know, what do you want to be able to do? I want to be able to fucking change directions and sprint away no matter how prepared I am to handle what's in front of me. Right. Right. Uh, and so dieting goes into mental clarity and, uh, you know, your your training goes into how prepared you are for that the other day when we were here uh in the gym when it was closed and a bunch of the guys were here showing airsoft gear and you and me were trying to get like our little 20 30 minute yeah, workout that's in. all we had for that day it was a busy day man so like for that uh i don't know if you noticed what i was doing so we we're doing two different things but i was literally doing empty sled like 30 meter sprints and then uh sled walks back Kind of get the front and back portion of my legs going fast and then slow and controlled, uh, throttle control, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Explosive and then control and then, uh, box jumps and broad jumps and lunges. That's all I did. And I was talking to them in between each set. Wasn't like a timed rest. It was kind of just as I was having conversation, but even 20 minutes of that made me feel a lot better about, okay, I'm keeping things quick, explosive. I'm learning. I'm still doing things like vertical uh jumping uh lunging which was all things that we covered at the course Mm -hmm. things like that and i'm i'm also you know pushing a sled fast which isn't going to make me sore but it's gonna help me be functional 20 minutes of that and i wasn't really winded or sweating that just to work out like that on a regular basis would make me feel better about walking outside into the world right right and i don't even know how many reps or sets i did i just spent 20 minutes you know, and that was like all body weight stuff. Right. So, I mean, it doesn't, I, I guess the important part here is it doesn't have to be defined as you need to do your maximal lifts X days per week. Almost the randomness of that workout provides yeah. 
this extra level of preparedness. Yeah. Just adaptation that you set up for like just randomness, like, you know, different time domain, different variety of things that, you know, like for me, I always tell everybody all the time, I make a list in my head, like bullet points. What do you need to cover throughout the week? You didn't lift anything heavy. It's Friday. Lift some heavy shit. Do some box squats. Do some hex bar deadlifts. Do something like that. Some banded deadlifts. Yeah, but, you know, you you talked about it earlier, just having some discipline. And and a lot of times structure gives that, helps with that discipline, right? I have structure Mm -hmm. in my day. And it's not to say that the the workouts that we we do or the, obviously, the training programs that we, we provide and go through don't have structure. They definitely have structure. Yeah. But if you're out there on your own, right, and you're just trying to kind of figure it out right now and and just get moving, right, and don't mm-hmm. worry about all that structure right now. Do the things that, you know, sort of that you mentioned there. Start walking if that's what it is, you know. Yeah. Get a little pushing, get a little pulling, move laterally, get up mm-hmm. off the floor, um, uh, you know, get your get-ups done, get your lunges done. These are all things that you can start doing now. And as you start to kind of build that capacity and feel a little bit better, maybe we put a little bit more structure to it and and think about what your goals are. Like you said, it's goal dependent. So maybe you do need to build more strength. Maybe you need yeah. to go through a very, very specific strength building phase, right, of, of your training in order to improve strength and capacity so that you can do some of these more dynamic type movements well or better. Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> And in which case, like, you might need to get yourself into, you know, again, more of a structured strength building or strength and power building program so that you can then come out of that into maybe more of an athletic kind of uh, movement-based program um, where you're doing more, you know, jumping, lateral movement, mm-hmm. uh, sprinting, and those kind of things. Because trying to get it all done at one time isn't practical either. Yeah. Right? But it's because you need this you need this base. But kind of fl- flowing in and out or and having more of like an undulating type of program uh, undulating type program versus a um a uh you know like a very structured um periodized program maybe that's more appropriate for you depending on where on where you're at but there are many ways to approach this right i hear what you're you're saying is is you you at this point kind of like a little bit more of a free flow right it's almost kind of like intuitive to, yeah, to an yeah, extent yeah. Um, of, hey, I've done these things this week. This is what hasn't happened. Or I recognized last yeah. week when I was out on the range, I really didn't feel good in this particular thing. I think I lack some strength or I lack some some yeah, skill here. Yeah. I need to practice that. So throw Yeah, that like I looked back at a video of, of me doing the the diamond drill or, or at 25 yards and we're like walking and shooting, then sprinting and shooting, then sprinting and shooting, kneel and sprint. I was like, okay, clearly I I need to lose a little bit of weight to be a little bit more explosive with things like that. But also, yeah, maybe I need to do a little bit more lunges. Maybe I need to do a little bit more explosive stuff for my lower body so I can get out of the hole a little bit faster. Like I'm not some fucking NFL athlete, but I do have a standard for myself. I know what I normally look like. And so for me being a coach for so many years and like, being into this yeah it's easy for me to be like okay this is what i need to clean up and that comes with experience over time but yeah obviously the easiest thing to do i shouldn't say the easiest the best thing for people to do is start with discipline put time aside once that time's aside do the things work through this shit even if you have to do it by yourself for the first month or whatever walk Mm -hmm. lay down stand up lay down stand up so many times and then once that kind of happens and you're like okay i I did all the basic stuff yeah 
let's join a gym, let's start a program, one of these structured things. So I don't say like do free flowing like me because like even though, yeah, uh, I kind of just made up that 20 minute workout, it still covers the exact shit that I'm supposed to be covering. Yeah, yeah that intuitiveness, like yeah. in that intuitiveness in that workout comes from your experience and yeah. a lot of experience in your very high level of awareness of what your program looks like on a regular basis and yeah. where you are for that week, that day, mm-hmm. you know, that month, uh, that period of what's going on with, with your training. So that, again, not suggesting intuitive, like intuitive eating doesn't work for everybody. Mm-hmm. I think that that's <clears throat> bullshit. Like if you don't have experience to compare where you currently are, right? So, yeah, it's some, again, going back, it starts with the basics and let's just get you moving and start the discipline and the consistency and yeah. then you can add some structure and it's not to say that any of these programs are wrong, right? But there are ways to effectively attack your fitness, you know, better, better ways um, to effectively affect all the things that you you would want to have. And again, strength, mobility, strength, capacity, agility, speed, quickness, um, you know, some level of endurance, you know, all of those things. They don't. They're not always well packaged into one program. Right? Yeah. Um, those are sometimes things you need to attack separately and you want to do that in a way that makes, that makes, that makes sense. So, yeah, I mean like what I've come up with now for my own programming that happens to be athletic based, um, for the most part, I'm never doing 90 to a hundred percent one rep maxes or anything like that. I'm not doing like absurd amounts of bodybuilding and never doing more than like a 30 to 40 minute cardio session a week. I do cardio like intervals, but most of the time there's they're shorter anaerobic yep. things. Mm-hmm. I've gotten to the place that I'm at now after a couple of Olympic weightlifting and powerlifting programs, after a couple of CrossFit programs, after an aerobic capo- ca- capacity program, after a bodybuilding program, after experiencing all this shit mm-hmm. and creating all these adaptations and figuring out what I do and don't like, what hurt me, what didn't, and then creating this strength. At this point now, I can kind of just figure out what I need to figure out for myself. Right, and that's that you've earned that, right? Yeah, you've kind of reached that point. There's a lot of people out there that I know that might be listening that that aren't quite there yet, or have tried a lot of things, and they they maybe they're recognizing like, you know what, some of this resonates with me. I'm probably not doing the right things, or I'm just bored, or Mm -hmm. I found myself in this groove. Like I have good discipline, I do it every day, but I don't really feel like I'm getting anything out of it. Um, And I and that's the thing too, man. I've seen people who are willing to show up to the gym four to five days a week. Every week I see the same people and uh, there's nothing wrong with their personality or their discipline. It's just the point where they, they haven't been challenged enough and they haven't changed, like had variation in their program enough. Right. Um, you can't do the same shit over and over right. again. Right. Cause even if it's, even if it's working to a certain extent after so many years, like even your mind needs a new challenge and things like that. Right. To create adaptation. I know for me, this this sounds crazy when I tell people this, but I'm the most explosive and um, I like the best agility this last couple of years, you know, between 29 and 31 um, that I've ever had, had. Like, in my entire life. You know, yeah. like I, I like I deadlifted 400 pounds and like the, the first time I deadlifted 400 pounds, like, it's like yeah, I'm getting strong. But I, I also remember looking back at what basketball looked like for me then mm. versus now where I'm just like floating around. You know what I mean? And I'm not any heavier, mm-hmm. any lighter. You know, it's just the training has changed. And, and it's also, I always tell people to set like 
quarterly or half year goals. So you kind of know like different chapters of your training um, to keep you engaged. Yeah. And also there's a certain level of measurement that can be done there, right? Like you, most people measure stuff with like weight or time, right? It's like how much weight or load did I lift or how long did that workout take me versus something. There's a lot of variables you can measure, but having some type of a um, record keeping system to kind of be, be able to go back and compare and contrast. Not that you have to continually, you know, work to always, you know, beat yourself and set new PRs, but it does give you some, some level of awareness in comparison to where you were before. And I never met anybody that regretted keeping those records ever. Yeah. Like I, I only met, I only met people that have regretted not doing it from the get go mm-hmm. because when they reach a certain point of fitness or whatever it happens to be, they're like, damn, I wish I had, I wish I had recorded where I was before. Cause I, I kind of know, but I don't really know. So anyway. Yeah. And then you like, you end up feeling good about yourself if you actually stay, yeah. stay on top of things and but, but record. It's, yeah. It's also a means to like, know what to know how to design your program next time or have the conversation yeah. with the person that's going to be helping you design your program, your coach or whatever. Yeah. Like, Hey, here's where I was. This is what I've done in the past. This is how I was feeling. Then this is what I was involved in. Then this is what was realistic for me here. I think I would like to be back here again, or I don't want to feel like this again. Mm-hmm. I want to be, I want to change. That was a big so. thing with me when I was, uh, when I say competing in CrossFit, I don't mean like really competing. I mean like doing local competitions with people at my gym mm-hmm. to kind of keep the community sharp yep. and to stay engaged. Uh, but that doesn't mean I wasn't training three or four right. hours a day. Right. I was training hardcore, but I started, um, the person who was coaching me at the time, one of the owners of the gym, started recognizing that I was becoming almost depressed, a really low energy, and there was nothing to be depressed about. I was happy, healthy, six-pack abs, mm-hmm. fucking... You know, like PR numbers across the board. But There's nothing to be depressed. It's just over training. Mm-hmm. And I just, now I remember, I'll never forget that time period in my training. So I'm like, dude, it, there's like diminishing returns. Like you can't go to that Absolutely. point. I've never taken PEDs. So it's not like I was getting any fucking buffer. Right. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't getting even more jack training three or four times a day. I was definitely working more than I was eating. So if anything, I was getting smaller. Uh, but anyway, my point is that like, everything varies but like you have to remember certain benchmarks and and uh, record them throughout your fitness journey whether it's a one mile time or when you felt your lowest but you looked okay Mm -hmm. that happens a lot with physique models right they look great but then they feel like shit. yeah again we've defined fitnesses yeah you're lean and have a six-pack and whatever else and oftentimes that can mean that can actually represent something that's extraordinarily unhealthy yeah you know um in a lot of different levels but it's not the not to bag on physique competitors, yeah, no, competitors at, at all, bodybuilders at all, because no, it's it's not the case for everybody. But unfortunately, it, it ends up being that way for the majority of them. That's just the way it is. That's statistics yeah. until they've kind of figured it out or it eats them up, you know, one, one way or another. Yeah, I think we covered some kind of some basic concepts there. I, I think it was, for me, I kind of just wanted to talk about like the, you know, what does being prepared mean and specifically what does being physically prepared mean what are you physically preparing for and we kind of covered all that you you, you made some really good points there just about you know the the types of movements that you're doing and incorporating in your program and do they really make sense for what it is that you do on a daily basis or or what you don't want to be afraid of right um people tend to gravitate to what they're really good at in the gym Mm -hmm. um or 
from a fitness perspective, if you're yeah. really good at running, you tend to run. Right? If you're really good at lifting heavy yeah, shit, you it tend makes to lift you feel heavy good. shit. But I tell you what, I fucking hate ladder drills, but I do them until I get better. <laughs> to this day, I still do them all yeah. the fucking time because I know that's that's good on the range. That's good in basketball. That's good in fighting. Hand-eye coordination, understanding where your body is, being able to move like light on your feet. Fucking hate it, but you have to do that shit. Right. And you don't have to do it every day. It doesn't have to be no. the basis for your programming, Just but in routine. And, and putting it in in a smart way, right? So yeah. that, you know, you don't hate it more. You, you know, you know, you don't like it, but you, you put it in where it makes sense. And, you know, it's part of your conditioning, right? Or it's yeah. it's part of your agility, speed, agility, quickness work, or, or whatever, mm-hmm. the, whatever the case. And, and again, I think there's a lot there. I mean, people, again, I see the community. I get a lot of questions when we're out. We're out training, like, well, what should I do for this? What should I mm-hmm. do for that? I'm like, let's pump the brakes, dude. Like, let's just back up for a second. You're like, yeah. what are you doing now? Well, I'm not doing any of that stuff. Well, let's let's take it one step at a time as you were kind of walking them yeah. through before. You'll get better. This didn't happen. You didn't get here overnight. It's not going to change overnight. There is no one-size-fits-all. So let's, uh, let's take a little bit smarter look at this and how you can start doing things now that impact you both in the short and the long term. And something we talked about when we were all eating with everybody at the range, because, uh, you know, people that day had fitness questions. It was a movement course. Um, everybody's going to get hurt doing everything in your life. Oh, right. I mean. So don't get scared. When people are like, oh, I'm scared to hurt my back doing deadlifts. I'm scared to hurt my back never deadlifting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know what I mean? So, like, look, dude. My favorite basketball players, every single one of them has a list of injuries because they're elite athletes who put them out, yeah. put themselves out there. You push hard enough, that's going to happen. You're going to yeah. get hurt. And anything you do, fighting, sports, yeah. whatever. Right. So with that being said, yeah, um, be prepared. Put yourself in a good position to where you're not putting yourself uh, in scenarios where you're going to get hurt. Train things that are going to help stabilization and mobility and things that don't make you look sexier, but they keep you healthy, moving, and being able to be prepared for anything. Again, not to sound like doomsday preppers, but like literally just walking outside the store, seeing some people you don't want to like run into, um, people you don't know, they're like some bums outside or whatever that saying some weird shit. You change directions and you run away. What is that? That's stabilization. That's mobility. That's explosiveness. That's body weight movement, right? So, yeah, I mean, that's kind of my take on it. Uh, that's a great way. To, that's a great place to wrap it up, dude. Yeah, uh, it's a really nice summary. We should uh, we should come back and we should talk about um, some of the the specific training that you can do for some of those things um, in the future. I yeah. think there's probably <clears throat> some more stuff we could unpack there, but I think you did a great job. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Iron Sights. If you enjoyed our conversation, you can support our mission by hitting the subscribe button, leaving a review, and sharing the podcast with a friend. I'll see you on the next episode.